Evening, everyone. So we've been sitting together for many nights and mornings, and I'll be departing tomorrow. So it's nice to have spent uh, the last six weeks with all of you. Any questions tonight? Yes. Um, I've been hearing like some questions and statements recently about. Japa and how devotees are chant Japa along with doing other devotional activities, reading or cleaning or whatever. And um, I was just wondering if you could talk about Japa and, and also, like you also hear that the most important chanting is Harinam Sankirtan, like congregational chanting. So if you could kind of talk about the difference between that and japa. Uh, japa is uh, is refers to meditation. It's a it's a limb, if you will, of the body of dhyan or meditation, and so and and, and non japa or and so, so we do both. We do japa of Krishna Nam or the name of God in the form of the Hare Krishna mantra, which is all. Um, Consists entirely of, of 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 names of God, Hare Krishna. Okay. So we do the japas. I'm saying is 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 a, is a uh, limb of the body of meditation. So um, we do japa in the form of Krishna Nam, in the form of the Hare Krishna mantra, which consists of Krishna's names, and we do that on a mala, right? So many times in a, in a day. And, and then we also do the japa of Krishna mantra. So the the, the, the name in the Maha mantra is all in the vocative case, and in the in the in the Krishna mantra it's in the dative case. And so they they work together. To, uh, the mantra Krishna mantra serves the Krishna nam. So, but anyway, these are both forms of japa that we do. So japa. Being a limb of dhyan or meditation, um, it shouldn't be done while other things are being done, because meditation is about focusing the the mind, absorbing the mind. Right. So you can't really be doing one thing and then being you can't be doing something else while you're meditating. <laughs> something like that. That kind of make it real real, real simple. Hmm. That said, um, in the japa of Krishna Nam, or the name of Krishna, there are three forms that it, uh, it, it takes. It can be done uh, silently. Hmm? It can be done in whispering in such a way that only oneself can hear. Or it can be done out loud in such a way that others can hear. When it's done out loud, then that japa of the name of Krishna, which is a form or a a particular expression of, um, that is a form of meditation, becomes a form of kirtan, becomes a limb of the body of kirtan. Um, So kirtan is very auspicious and it fosters meditation. And in kirtan, there are no rules, 
so to speak. In meditation, there are certain rules. So this is one of the rules. When you do meditation, you don't do something else at the same time. Hmm. Um, now, I should qualify that because there is a possibility of doing meditation, of, of doing the japa of Krishna Nam. Hmm. And, well, yeah, so uh, when you do meditation, you don't do something else at the same time. But it's possible to do kirtan and do something else at the same time and still derive benefit. Of course, as the benefit accrues, hmm, one will become more focused on the kirtan in such a way that it promotes meditation and absorption of the mind within and so on and so forth, which is, which is the desired uh, effect. Hmm? So, while there are statements like, even if in your sleep you, you, you chant the name of Krishna, or while eating, or to give it a modern twist, while driving or whatever, um, there is benefit. It's not those type of statements are not an advocacy of doing that per se. They're they're statements that seek to inspire us to uh, chant the name of Krishna either in kirtan or in meditation with full attention, because they're saying what to speak of if you uh, chant in your sleep, being benefited. How much more? If you actually concentrate and and live a kind of lifestyle that that uh, that uh, that promotes the, the the possibility of focusing the mind and so forth, hmm. but no harm. Hmm. Certainly, uh, we have the example of the inhabitants of Vrindavan who will be singing about Krishna and recalling the the the, the uh, leelas of Krishna while doing ordinary household duties and so forth and so on. So um, there's no there's no fault in chanting Krishna's name out loud. There's no fault really in chanting um, silently too. That's another thing. One can be externally engaged and internally engaged in more advanced stages. And and uh, there was a, there's a story in this regard that I'm reminded of to you know take it to the other side so to speak. And uh, there was uh, the famous uh, Rupa Kaviraj was giving a Bhagavatam discourse, a discourse on the text, the sacred text of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And there was one uh, elderly lady in the audience who was chanting mm-hmm. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Not, not loudly, but but her lips were moving and chanting. And so he, he said that, you know, I'm giving the class. You shouldn't be chanting while I'm giving the class. Which is which is a good instruction, um, and uh, she said, I, "I agree, but I can't stop. That's my problem. It's coming automatically, and 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 so on." He misjudged her, the, the depth of her spirituality, hmm? and um, he and he caused and he offended her and. As a result of that, uh, uh, Rupa Kaviraj um, f- ended up promoting a, a heterodox t- uh, opinion, severely heterodox opinion of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, wrote about it and, and everything. So it's supposed to be tied to such, uh, connected to such offense to an exalted devotee who was in, uh, not a um, 
recognized, so to speak, uh, official uh, sadhu or saint, but it was such that she, she, her lips, her tongue, just she was so absorbed that wherever she went, whatever she did, that was, the name was was vibrating and so forth. She was a living vibration of the holy name of Krishna. So you can look at your friends like that and think they must be like that. <laughs> <laughs> And you'd be sure not to make any 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 offense, but um, but otherwise, um, what I recommend is that uh, is that you, in consultation with your guru, uh, you should have a prescribed time or number of rounds, number of circles on your on your on your mala that you chant maha mantra, and. And that should be time that's spent focused on that exclusively, and not that the. If I say I'm going to chant a hundred t- times, uh, 108 you know rounds of japa in a day, then um, I should be sitting, or you can pace perhaps uh, and, and and chant, but in an effort to concentrate, not while going here, there, and, and everywhere, and. Uh, and um, and having in the, to focus on other things, as you do, uh, if you're driving, you do have to focus on other things and so forth. Um, uh, so you find it, you find in one sense, find a chant while you're driving, but that should be extra. Is my point, above and beyond the time that is assigned, if you will, or prescribed, or decided between the disciple and the guru. Uh, it's time that's set aside for 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 dhyan, for meditation, and we can kind of gauge our active life um, from our meditative uh, capacity. So um, it's a time to check in, so to speak, uh, and it should reach a point where like I'm living to to chant something like that. As I said, there's a point where the food, the medicine turns into food. So you can forget about taking your medicine or huh, do it reluctantly, but you, 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 you wonder when will the next meal be often? Well, when, when's lunch? So when the japa session, if you will, becomes like, when's, when, when can I sit and chant again? And then you know that the way that you move, the way that you walk is, is promoting this, this, the desired, uh, condition for sitting, hmm? which of course is a cleansing, if you will, of the heart, because you can't sit for very long if you've got all kind of desires in your heart. That's what makes you move. Hmm? Two types of movement. Movement because I have material desires and perceived necessities, and so I'm very busy with that. That's the movement in the realm of karma. And uh, then to chant in such a way and act in such a way that those desires are seen for what they are, they're, they're, they're dried up and retired like the leaves on the trees now, and they just fall off and, and, and they have no interest in them, and the interest and absorption comes in, in, in the meditation, in the name and so forth, and then from that sitting position one can get up and do something very extraordinary. That's, that is constitutes movement that's not in the realm of karma, but movement driven by bhakti. 
So the great Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur is an example of that. He's my Param Guru and yours as well. Grandfather Guru for some of us and great grandfather for some others here, I would seem. But so he sat for, I think, nine years in, in solitary uh, meditation on the, on the name of Krishna, uh, chanting with beads. And uh, then he, he got up from that and started an extraordinary uh, mission to disseminate the, the teachings, <laughs> the theology that underlies this, uh, this uh, Nambhajan, Namdharma, the Dharma of, of, uh, of, of Namkirtan. And then um, we are all, of course, uh, the fruits of that. Uh, so there's different types of movement, right? Now that said, uh, you asked about Nam Kirtan as opposed to other types of Kirtan. So there are different types of Kirtan. There can be Kirtan by reciting the, the, the Bhagavad Gita or the Puranas or the Bhagavatam. It's a type of Kirtan. There can be Kirtan about Krishna Leela. Uh, there could be Kirtan describing the qualities of, 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 of Krishna, for example. But Nam Kirtan is, is, is celebrated as the most efficacious form of kirtan, and that is because the name of Krishna is non-different from Krishna, but at the same time more uh, generous. So it's possible to offend the form of Krishna, but the name of Krishna will stay with us. Brahma offended the form of Krishna, but the name stayed with him in his next life. He was born as Haridas Thakur. He became Known as the, uh, the 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 person whose life exemplifies the uh, the perfection of, of of chanting the name, so that's an example um, of what I'm saying. Uh, and and also it's said that um, that Krishna has made a statement that my devotees are more dear to me than myself. Hmm? And the the extension of this that Sanatana Goswami has um, written about is that the name of Krishna, Krishna's name, um, there are there are things more dear to Krishna than himself. The example is the devotee, hmm? and the devotees of Krishna are characterized, for example, in the Gita, Satatam Kirtayantumam. This is one of the uh, the, probably the foremost way in which they're characterized. They're always chanting about me, he says. Satatam, always. Uh, kirtayantumam, kirtan, doing kirtan about me. Hmm? Um, uh, and in the context of their doing kirtan about him, then the one of the one of the virtues, if you will, of kirtan is that it benefits not only the chanter but other people here as well, even though they may not have any intention. And again, there's power in the name, even if you don't pay attention, and it will, in due course, uh, capture your, your attention as the idea. So, um, given this virtue of kirtan, that it purifies not only the kirtanir, but those who might hear, thereby serving as, uh, in many cases, a beginning of their... Um, um, connection with bhakti, which will, which will only, the nature of bhakti, of course, is such that the benefit that we accrue from bhakti um, principally uh, is uh, 
on, well, is categorically different than benefit that we accrue or period accrue materially. If we accrue something materially, we get a gain or a benefit. It's not something that will endure. Hmm? It will last for some time. It will, it will have a life, so to speak. But if something is spiritual, hmm, and there's a spiritual gain, then the nature of, the, of, of spirituality is that it's not um, confined by time and space. The self, the atma, the unit of consciousness that we are, is not confined by time and space. So if you benefit yourself spiritually with spiritual growth and so forth, and then there's no, no loss in that or diminution. So it's the, it, this, being beyond time and space it means to be eternal. So benefits in the realm of eternality are not like benefits in the realm of the, of the temporal. They're eternal. So um, someone hears the kirtan, they're benefited. Um, and, and that benefit will, will serve as um, um, something that facilitates hearing again or meeting saintly persons uh, and, and so forth. And that will accrue over time and have a tipping point, if you will, where it's suddenly, the, in some life, these ideas make sense and there you find them attractive and, and so on and so forth, and then it becomes your path. So there's a, if you take a seed and you put it in the ground, then you water it and you give it sunshine, it looks like nothing's happening. But underneath the ground, the seed is opening, some roots are going down and so forth. So even unseen, if there is something spiritual, and there is, then coming in contact with that will have an effect, even though it might not be immediately noticeable. But in due course, just like that seed, first it opens up and roots go down, and eventually a seed comes up, a sprout comes up above the ground. So when someone kind of like says, I'd like to, you know, live in the ashram or something, or I want to, you know, um, Accept um, so and so as as my as my guide, and and, and they have what's being spoken about seems to like be natural, and there's a there's it seems like he or she is the speaker is saying things that that I believe in better than I could say it, and and so there's a connection like this we call it shraddha faith arises and so forth, and so. So that's the sprout coming above the uh, the ground, but there's movement beneath the ground, invisible. Hmm? Uh, Sangskars for bhakti, we get impressions from bhakti, from the from the chanting and so forth, and they accrue. They affect the chitta, the the the, uh, the internal organ of perception in the subtle body, and and that's where all the impressions are materially. That impressions drive us, so to speak, you know, to move in this way and that way and so forth. So, so it's a, the benefit is eternal. And as such, when Krishna's devotees who are principally characterized by chanting about him, hmm, chant and other people hear, those people are benefited in a due course. The, the likelihood of their becoming devotees is, 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 is good. Hmm. And so, Therefore, as the devotees are more dear to Krishna than himself, Sanatana Prabhu says, his name is more dear to him than himself because it's non-different from him, but in that form, it uh, it uh, creates um, 
good fortune of others and, uh, and, and makes them into devotees who are more dear to him than himself and, and so on and so forth. So um, the virtues of Nam Kirtan are, are such. Um, and of course, the idea here uh, is that inside the name of Krishna is the form of Krishna, the qualities of Krishna, the leelas of Krishna. Hmm? So, um, I've given an example before. You know, someone calls and, and your, your daughter answers the phone and hangs it up. and You say, who was that? Did you get his name? Hmm? If she says, no, everything's lost. If she says, yes, then you can, you can track him down. Right? So, what's in the name? There's a lot. Nowadays, people can get your your identity, you know, your social security number, and take all your, take over your life, so to speak. Hmm. So the name, just to give this material example, has uh, has power. There's a lot in a name. Hmm. Of course, we're talking about a, a plane where the sound and the form correspond. Even materially speaking, as much as a sound corresponds with the object that it seeks to describe is as much as the sound is perfect. Hmm? You understand? If by hearing the sound the object is 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 to the extent that it's experienced. Therefore, for example, you may have a name, but if you act in a certain way, like you're wacky, then they'll call him Yeah, we're wacky. And everybody will, yeah, wacky, right? He's, it corresponds. It's it, it. Of course, it doesn't exactly sound like it, but some sounds sound like. Anyway, get my point. The more that the the sound corresponds with the object, the more perfect it is. So, in the spiritual platform, the sound there there are forms that correspond with with sounds. Now we tend tend not to be able to see this the forms that correspond with sounds. Hmm? But uh, I know people that who are very uh, uh, um, proficient in, in music who can see notes, for example. Um, so this is even uh, materially speaking. So um, so there's a sound hmm, that corresponds with the absolute. Om is a sound that corresponds with the absolute in a broad and kind of generic sense. And uh, Krishna is a sound that corresponds with the absolute in a more definitive sense, going in into the broader idea for specificity. Hmm? And specificity, of course, is required for loving. The more, if you know somebody in a broad, general way, well, it's difficult to love them um, in 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 in. in in intimacy and rapture and so forth. But if they're lovable, the more you know about them, the specificity of their qualities and nature and so on and so forth, all this fosters the possibility of love. That's why in the Gita, for example, when when Arjuna, um, when Krishna showed Arjuna the, the form in which everything was contained within him, hmm, he showed that actually everything is contained within me. It caused Arjuna to step back and say, oh, oh my God, and it was was powerful, but it was a little disconcerting because he couldn't love him in that uh, appearance as a friend. Hmm? Krishna was the chariot driver for Arjuna. They had an intimate relationship. 
he would say, turn turn left, go right. Hmm? And Krishna, Parthasarathy, he was serving his devotee in this way. Hmm? But when he saw the whole universe inside of him, and Krishna showed him this, this reality, and he said, whoa, I have to step back here. So at stepping back is a kind of a, a reverence and awe, which is a form of love, but it's a, a form of love that doesn't bring us as close to the object of our object of love as friendship, for example, does. Hmm? So Arjuna was a, was the friend of Krishna, hmm? but his friendship was interrupted by a display of majesty. Hmm? Hmm? Um, so the specificity of and then, then Krishna appears in a in a forearm form and in a two arm form, and the more as the progression goes, he, then the intimacy. Um, um, uh, de- further develops and so forth. And Arjuna is again peaceful and happy, uh, thinking of God as his friend. So, um, so Om is a is a is a is a sound representation of God, but it's rather broad. Hmm? Nothing wrong with that. But Krishna uh, is. Uh, I remember once sitting with Prabhupada. He said, "One cannot get as much ecstasy, Ananda." from chanting Om, and the room filled up with ecstasy, as one can from chanting Krishna. And it took us to another another level. So um, <laughs> so this is the uh, uh, idea, uh, right? Um, in Krishna Nam, and the other related names of Krishna that describe the Absolute in relation to his devotees, in Leela, in the in the in this interplay between devotee and bhakta and bhagwan and so forth, this is very sweet, very charming, and uh, and uh, in those names, all of his shakti is present. The reason is the idea behind that is all of his power is in those names because those names are describing him in a condition in which he is so to speak, uh, overwhelmed by the devotee's love. So, hmm. wow. so the power of his shakti, his own shakti, huh, is turning him into, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, uh, suppressing his, his majesty, hmm? the power of the bhakti, suppressing his majesty so that so that there can be intimacy. That's very powerful. Hmm. So those names, powerful. Um, but in the name, then the form, the qualities, the leelas of Krishna are all um, present. And um, um, we don't hear the converse, that in the leela all the, na- the name is present. And so it's a very concise uh, form in which he is made makes himself accessible, um, uh, and so by chanting, as the chanting becomes um, meditative, capturing the mind entirely in the heart, then the then the form will start to appear in the heart. The leelas will start the qualities of leelas and so forth. Hmm? So, what's in a name, right? So so much. So the virtues of Nam Kirtan are many. Hmm? These are, are are some other forms of Kirtan are there, and they have their place. Hmm? Um, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 
he very much um, emphasized the Nam Kirtan as the as the method to attaining the kind of spiritual madness that he uh, exemplified, embodied, hmm, which is extraordinary. Therefore, Narasim Thakur says, Goloker Premodan Harinam Sankirtan, that the wealth of the of the abode of of love of Krishna has been ex- exported here in the form of the 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 the, the, the uh, congregational chanting of of uh, Krishna's name. So it's very powerful. Now there, you know, that's our main method, if you will. There are other things that myth- that we do also that are important and have their place. And so doing the japa is is another form of chanting. It's important and. Um, and it can, it can also constitute sankirtan. So I said there were three types of chanting: the the japa, silently whispering or out loud. It said that Haridas Thakur, different than our Haridas, uh, <laughs> yeah, slightly, that he chanted um, on his round of beads. Um, 300 times a day. It took him about 22, 300,000 names. But how many times is that around? It's 192 times around. Anyway, uh, so it took him 22 and a half hours in a day. And then he finished and took a nap and ate something and started again. So he was quite absorbed. Um, but it said that he would chant uh, 100,000 of those names silently. 100,000 whispering and 100,000 out loud. So there are many places in Chaitanya Charitamrita which describe that history of him. And the word Sankirtan is used with regard to his, his japa, hmm? which is evidence that in some cases he was chanting out loud, in which case the, the chanting becomes a limb of kirtan, as I said earlier, rather than of, of dhyan or meditation. And other people are benefiting and so forth. So he, he gave us that uh, kind of example. Hmm. So, um, that said, um, the, and, and having said that there are no rules governing the chanting of Krishna Nam and so forth, at the same time, when it's used as a vehicle for outreach to others, hmm, one has to use one's intelligence. And while it's true that people may will benefit by hearing, hmm, um, there may be other ways also to, uh, if you want to draw other people's attention uh, um, out of compassion, um, that 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 may be um, more well thought out given certain time and circumstance. So I'll give an example. When we were doing kirtan, Namsan kirtan in the public in Bombay years ago. Um, and there was a period there where the um, someone had someone had made a movie, some I don't know B grade movie or something, Hari Ram, Hari Krishna, something like that, and it was circulating in India, and it was um, a depiction of de- Western devotees chanting and taking drugs and having orgies or something like, which is nothing you know to do with what we were doing, but. Um, somebody had made a movie like that, and and, and then posited that we were, you know, CIA implants or something, and <laughs> spying the Indian government, this kind of stuff. 
So that was like circulating around, and people we were getting a bad impression from that. So we were doing Nam Kirtan in the public, and people were not were disrespecting it. Hmm? So Prabhupada told, "Stop! Don't do it in the public." So let's take, for example, we were talking about the abbas, the shadow of the full face of the holy name, um, and with regard to that, if you chant jokingly. Hmm? But with disrespect, it becomes namaparad. If you chant jokingly without disrespect, it doesn't constitute an offense to the name. Um, it becomes an abbas, or a shadow of the name, which can have some benefit. Hmm? But the offense to the name, that you don't want. So there may be instances in which one does harinam sankirtan, but creates an environment in which others offend, and that then should be avoided. We shouldn't facilitate that. So there's a you know there's some there's a theology here. There's some different points. So you don't want this. You need you need the whole picture, not a broad brush, and just get in somebody's face. And, you know, I heard an odd story about something that happened in the farm once when somebody really wanted somebody to chant badly. Anyway, I won't go into that. It was a pretty bad one. Chant, he said, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be good for you. He was beating on him or something like that. You know, so this is not, you know, this is a misunderstanding. We need teachers to help us not, you know, not make such uh, um, offenses, really, in the, in, the, in the name of the uh, the method. Um, and, then, and then so that we don't take these extreme statements that have truth to them, like even sleeping, Jenna, you can benefit and think, okay, well, I'm... I'm I'll just chant in my sleep, you know, or I'll just chant while I eat because I don't have time to chant otherwise. So I'll do this, do that, and that'll be fine. That's not what those statements are saying. They're, they're again, they're statements that's that's true, but it, it, the real point is what to speak if you, you know, take 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 it seriously, and uh, and that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to be giving impetus for that. So, so those are some some thoughts on uh, on kirtan. Yes, you had a question. Well, I have a question, but I also have a follow-up on this. I'm not clear now. Are you saying that doing mundane tasks, washing dishes, sweeping a floor, driving a truck, um, you can sing Krishna's name down those, but you can't chant Japa style? You can chant too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that, that if you have, um, for example, taken a vow to chant uh, so many names a day, you just don't include that. You don't do that while you're driving the truck. No. Yeah, that's separate. But yeah, you can do that. No, it's helped me focus. You know, like I have yeah. perfect driving and keep Krishna in mind at all times. Good, good. Yes, yes. Okay, now my question. I look at these paintings of Vrindavan, and I'm not sure if they're here in the material world or in the spiritual planet of the Braj. Now, we see depictions of butterflies and deer and peacock and cows and all. Who are those people? I thought our highest ambition was to get a human form. Are those people that just Krishna expands himself into those? Balaram expands into the into the Dham and the different forms and so forth to serve Krishna. Um, he expands certain types of jivas. So so some of them are just kind of uh, want to say like um, manifestations of Krishna's internal energy. That create that are part of the environment, hmm? 
like the Dham itself, the abode of Krishna, is a manifestation of Krishna's Sandini Shakti, which is part of his his internal energy. Hmm? So we are constituted of his marginal energy. So the different and it can, so the Dham and then things in the Dham can take different shapes and so forth. And, and um and they're they're you know, we have through our succession of of teachers and students of the parampara that this chain is link this kind of portal uh, it has a window of opportunity at the other end and there are different successions there are different uh, lineages right that offer different windows of opportunity so ours has certain windows of opportunity that we we follow i don't know any that you know um promote the butterflyness but um, but the basic now that said, um, uh, you know the, these rasas, dasya, sakya, vatsali, maduri, and braj, they take uh, different forms. And that's also um, they, they, the, the the vines are said to be in madhurya rasa, but it's not the kind of madhurya rasa that 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 a devotee in this lineage will attain. Hmm. So there's a specific type of Madhurya Rasa that's being offered in, in Sakya Rasa, for example. Hmm. But they're all, yeah. So even though Brahma spiritual. created them for the material universe, they're not actual material forms, they're actually spiritual forms? Yeah, well, they, they, you know, the, the world is like as above, so below is kind of the tantric expression. So these are, there are no real butterflies here, you know. <laughs> the real butterflies are there. And carnivores and predators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're peaceful. They're peaceful there. <laughs> They're vegetarian. Right, right. Yeah. They're peaceful, pretty much, yeah. Except for Leela sometimes. It's said that in Vaikuntha. No, well. Mm-hmm. That's not. <laughs> that's a different. It's, 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 another, it's another thought, but I'll just play it out for you. It's a little different, but. Just like a king will sometimes bring in a tiger into the assembly of people in a, in a cage. He's there, but he's in a cage for entertainment. Sometimes Narayan lets somebody come into Vaikuntha who's not fit to be there and to showcase him before the inhabitants. So, but there's the, so those that are there that are even in tiger forms. Yeah, they're they're just real nice. You know. We find that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he went through the Jarikanda f- uh, forest, the jungle that he chanted in, he caused animals that were uh, by nature inimical to one another to um, f- uh, overcome that um, and uh, embrace one another and so forth. So that has the power, the power of his kirtan. Hmm. Then what to speak of a world that is uh, arising out of that kind of kirtan and everything peaceful, everything happy there. Yes. Um, I just had a thought connected earlier. Um, often in the Chaitanya Chaitamrita, uh, Mahaprabhu's devotees sing kirtan to him um, to appease him um, when he's in separation from Krishna. So mm-hmm. It's just a, a nice example of how Krishna's in the name. Very good. Yes. Okay, what's the time? Anything else? Um, 
I was reading Paramatta Sandarbha, the three major characteristics of the jiva, Gyatritva, Vokritva, Kaktritva, I wonder if you could give us, uh, talk about those three. They seem like the most uh, essential aspects of the jiva to understand. If, we, if you know those aspects of the jiva, you know the jiva Tattva pretty well. Well, there are the, those are aspects of the jiva that can that um, that are there in a kind of a potential. Hmm. Um, they, as I explained uh, previously, they re, they can manifest in an environment, hmm. either the material environment or the spiritual environment. Hmm. So, if you want to like look at the jiva independent of its environment then those are kind of like in potential. Hmm? So in that sense, I wouldn't call them, you know, primarily what defines them. But then again, the jiva is always in an environment. That's the meaning of tatasta. Hmm? And um, unless it enters into Brahman, in which then those those aspects of the jiva aren't realized, even while it may taste Brahmananda and so forth. So... Um, that's not desirable from our point of view. So, so what he's talking about is the the the, the idea that the jiva, the atma, is kartritva, an agent of action. So, it has causal efficacy. It causes things to happen. It, it's the doer. It does things. Hmm? It's an actor. Kartritva. Anaptritva means it's an apprehender. It can apprehend, like I can, I can apprehend what you're saying. You know, it can, un, un, unlike something that's unconscious, for example. And boktritva um, means bokta means enjoyment. So it means it's, it's, it has the capacity to be a qualitative experiencer. So experience happiness, sadness, hot, cold. Hmm. And so forth. Now, uh, typically, these things are going. Are the qualitative experiences are, materially speaking, are all happening in the mind. Hmm. The atma is a witness to that. And through the so through the medium of the mind, it it experiences the world: happy, sad, good, bad, apprehends things. Does is a causal agent. Um, among other causal agents, matter also has causal efficacy to some extent. Um, so that's the material world. Now, if you come under the influence of bhakti, then you're coming under the influence of a different shakti than the material shakti that, that produces karma, that bhakti doesn't produce any karma, right? It does away with karma. And uh, so then in that environment, then one can be in kind of an unmediated um, doer, experiencer, apprehender, Without the mind being the mediating um, element between the physical world where there are sense objects, so if I have experience of of cold, I need a cold object, to, you know, to, to touch, right, for that to be experienced in the mind. So the physical world is mediated by the mind, by the psychic dimension, and the atma has a has a kind of quasi. Um, experiential life due to identification with the mind. The mind is this subtle psychic matter that can reflect 
pure consciousness. And because the consciousness has the capacity to do all these things, it appears that the mind it does all these things, something like that. So anyway, if you go beyond the mind, beyond physical matter, and beyond psychic matter, by the influence of bhakti, you come under that influence. That's the meaning of tatasta. Tatasta means, it explains the atma. It's like, if you were to draw a line between the word that demarked the water from the beach, right? Can you put your finger on it? No, but there is kind of a line between. So we're like that. So we, if we, we're either influenced by the land or by the water. Hmm? If we can come under the influence of the water here, meaning bhakti, then we can we can do things that you could never do on land. Hmm? Right. Um, so, and and then so, and one of them is that your your, your capacity to be a doer, a, a, an apprehender, and an experiencer are not mediated by a material mind, but it's facilitated by the sarup shakti, and that is, you get a spiritual mind, not to karn, but, but that's spiritual, and you're spiritual, so I say it's less unmediated, something like that. It's a different shakti, but it's a conscious shakti rather than an inert shakti like, like matter. So, yeah, these are important um, aspects. And the interesting thing, of course, is this, this type of analysis says to us that the way you feel that you are, you are. Hmm? In, actual, in other words, in your highest potential, fullest potential, you are, a, 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 relatively speaking, an, a doer and an apprehender and an experiencer. Um, Whereas some schools of thought, Indian thought, they they say that all this, uh, the idea that you're an agent of action or a qualitative experiencer or an apprehender are all only relative to material identification. Hmm? And so if you move away from identifying with matter and the karmic repercussions and so forth, then you're just a witness. You just be. Hmm. Um, what we say, we're saying is that no, actually, exactly how you're experiencing that life is, which gives you the capacity to love and so on and so forth, this can all be experienced in relation to the absolute under the influence of the shakti of bhakti rather than the maya shakti. So it's a kind of a confirmation of the human sensibility uh, as to what I'm what I'm like hmm? so there's a there's a, a, a correspondence if you will thread that ties together the material experience in some ways speaks to us about the nature of the spiritual experience hmm? it's just the material side of it's just off-center hmm? something like that Whereas again, in the yoga siddhanta of the Kastanga yoga, the, so, the atma is just a witness. It's not a, it's not a kartritva, bhogtritva, gnatritva. Hmm, uh, it's just, and in in in, in Gyanmarg, if, let's say Shankar, it doesn't even exist. Hmm. The atma doesn't, individual atma doesn't exist. Hmm. So there's one, there, there's Brahman. Hmm.
and you can't say anything about it, and, and, and so forth. So these are very like, hmm, that's very different, counterintuitive to the human experience. From our school, the human experience is not counterintuitive uh, as to the what is the nature of of of, of enlightened life. Hmm? And it's a, and it's a full life. You want spiritual life, or just want something spiritual, or do you want a spiritual life? And so, without action, without apprehension, without experience, there's no life. Therefore, some forms of spiritual um, attainment or idealized forms of attainment are compared to sleeping, or being anesthetized. Hmm? Which certainly ends all suffering, which is what the problem is hmm, in material life. But there are other ways to end suffering. There might be more positive ways to end end suffering than just stop doing away with everybody. If all the variety, the difference, is perceived by through the senses in the mind hmm, that I'm different from you, you're different from me, and that's the whole problem then to arrive at, do away with the problem, I do away with everybody. Yeah, that does away with the problem, but, <laughs> you know, if you, if, if, to give a musical example, if you come in the room and, and somebody's playing the guitar, somebody's playing the drums, somebody's playing the violin, somebody's singing, but they're all doing different songs at the same time, it's like, ah, it's just like noise, right? So you can just, like, stop it all and have peace, or you could, what if you all work together on one song? It has different. There's a drum beat to it. There's the bass. There's the chorus, the lead, and the harmony. And you know, it's becomes much more richer idea of 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 uni- unity. Hmm? So we pine for for unity, and we pine for diversity at the same time. They're opposites. How can you have both? Hmm? So a lot of spiritual schools, they just talk about unity and do away with the diversity. And the diversity, arguably, is is illusory, materially speaking. Hmm? Comings and goings, you think you're that body, you think you're that body, and actually you're not, Masol. All these differences are external and superficial. But are there any differences in the absolute? Hmm? If there are, then there's a possibility for movement and, and 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 love, rather than just knowing. So there's knowing, and then there's loving. What is it? I often ask, what's better, to love to exist or to exist to love? Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between those two ideas. So I could love to exist, knowing that I'm not this body-mind complex, and experiencing that I'm not, that I'm beyond time and space. I, man, I could love that. Hmm? No worries, no worries, no fear. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Just, just check out here, you know. Just take it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you know, speak about it in an ordinary way. That's one thing, and you could see why that would be desirable given the, the, the trouble of, of everyday life and so forth. But a much more noble and higher, interesting idea is not the love to exist, but to exist. To love, which by that I mean, in the world of knowing that I am an atma, hmm, is my knowing that I'm an atma just based on knowing that I'm not other things that are here today and gone tomorrow? In other words, if I know that 
I am not part of the impermanence that pervades. I know something about myself, right? That's that's concerning. Hmm? It feels good to know that. But do I know everything about myself? Is there anything? That's a very negative way of knowing about yourself. I know I'm not part of the impermanence. You could put a positive, more positive twist on it and say, I know I'm eternal. Hmm? But it's kind of a negative way of describing oneself, although that negativity is positive, like zero is positive in relation to negative numbers. But again, we're thinking about, what about the positive numbers? That's a more complex idea, where the variety is found, the interaction is found, but it doesn't compromise the unity. Hmm? So I've given an example, if you have a, a peaceful lake and someone comes and throws a lot of stones in it, and you know, oh, you ruined my peace, I was, I'm just, I was reflecting on it. But then if you let the lake become peaceful and you throw one, two, three, hundred and eight stones in the lake all in the same place, it will cause concentric ripples to go out. It will be more beautiful. It will make the peace beautiful. Hmm? Peace is one thing. Beauty, charm, that's another thing that's building on the peace. You have to have the peace. And then out of that peace, I'm not at war anymore. Hmm? Out of the peace is arising something more that we call love. So we have war, we have peace, we have love. And in love there's war too. Hmm? <laughs> but it's only an appearance of that. So everything is found in love. Love has the capacity to harmonize all contradictions. It turns faults into ornaments. Hmm? So the path that is love has the greatest power, and it has the greatest, offers the greatest prospect to us as well. And it speaks to us about a transcendence that is whole, hmm? and not just the absence of negative elements that we need to do away with that are problematic for us. Hmm? It includes the positive elements that don't quite make it here because they're off-center. So, chanting is the way to go there. Shisi Varadamadava ki jai, Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai.